G'day, teabaggers. It's Will here. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, or uh, Happy Festivus, or Happy Kwanzaa, uh, whatever you might celebrate, or just having a holiday at this time of the year, or maybe you're just at work uh, and you don't care for my season's greetings, or maybe you're listening to this at a completely different time, uh, and why wouldn't you be? This is actually a podcast from a different time. Uh, uh, it's the end of the year, and so I'm trying to clean out all the recordings that I have, and I have two up my sleeve. Uh, this one is with the fabulous Roisin Connedy. Uh, make sure you check out Roisin on uh, Twitter. Uh, tell you her to hear on the podcast. I think she's an absolutely fantastic act. Uh, somebody that I've always admired as a comedian, and it was really great to have this chat with her. Uh, we got to hang out really kind of one-on-one for the first time, and... Uh, we get on like a house on fire, so I hope you're really going to enjoy this episode too. If you want to see me live, uh, uh, January 19, of course, Sydney Opera House, the final night of the Illuminati tour. There are still tickets on sale for that. And my new tour, Free Will, is on sale in Adelaide, Brisbane and Melbourne at the moment. Uh, my other podcast, Willosophy, is back. Uh, you have to Google Willosophy with Will Anderson. Uh, we've got a new link. Don't use the old link if you've got the old Willosophy link. Uh, it's a new link. It's called Willosophy with Will Anderson. There's a new episode with John Safran. All the old episodes are there. And then in the new year, we'll have uh, new episodes happening uh, on that website as well. So check that out. But uh, in the meantime... I uh, hope you enjoy uh, Roisin, and I hope you enjoy the Guy Branham episode that'll be coming next. And then uh, that's all the old episodes I have up my sleeve, so plenty of brand new ones in the in the new year. So um, enjoy this, uh, enjoy your holidays if you're having them, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. The following episode of Fofop is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Topop. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Fofop. I'm Will Anderson. And uh, first time guest, Charlie Clawson, Roisin Connedy is here. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Uh, it's exciting to have you here. Thank you very much for Thank being on the for podcast. Me. Uh, I'm a big fan of yours. I think you're very funny. I think you're brilliant. Likewise. Well, uh, like I had a moment with you at a party the other night because we've uh, like, I mean, we've met before. Yeah. But we've never like really hung out that no, much, right? different continents. Yeah, different continents. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, and even when we're in different continents, we might be in other continents. <laughs> yeah. It's very difficult to yeah. keep track of people in this busy world. But as it turned out, we were an Australian who used to live in England's American house. That's right. And that's where we finally got to hang that, out a little bit. That's where it happened. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, I had I was actually saying to Matt Kirsch, and it was such a weird thing. It almost felt like a high school romance because I wanted... <laughs> you to do the show but like I didn't know if I knew you well enough to be like hey can you come and do the show so I was like giving Matt the whole hey maybe you could come and do the show and like you could bring her with you and then maybe we could do the show together but anyway then we talked and now I've cut him out of it yeah. so. 
<laughs> so thanks thank for having you. me. No, it's, uh, I, I was uh, very pleased you asked. It's great. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be here. It's what fun. are you doing in uh, America at the moment? I'm sort of on a bit of a holiday and I'm having a few meetings, which sounds very vague, which is what they are. Yeah. Vague <laughs> um, meetings. This yeah. is the town of vague meetings. Yeah. Um, sort of on a holiday. I was meant to be, I was filming, meant to be uh, filming a sitcom in, over the summer and sort of this period. And Rick Mayo died uh, in Man Down 2. So that sort of got put off. So I had a bit of time. And so I went to New York for a week and I stayed with uh, and I hung out with uh, lovely Maeve Higgins. Oh, nice. Yes, that was nice. And my dad's family are there. So I sort of met them for the first time in a few years, which was really interesting. And oh, fun. okay. Well, for a few years, like, made that sentence. Not quite as interesting as I thought it was going. I thought you were going to say, and I met them for the first time. So one of them I did, I think, because oh, okay. my dad's sister and husband live there and they've got like a bar in Wall Street and their son, and I'd never met their son. So I did meet one of them for the first time because my dad died like 12 years ago. So uh-huh. I met, I haven't seen them since then, like in Ireland. So it was really nice. It was nice hanging out with them. But it was kind of like, and they were really cool. You know, you sort of go, I hope they're cool. Right. Like, we're going to go for dinner. This is going to be, but they were lovely and my cousins were lovely. So that was kind of a family reunion. That's interesting because I yeah. imagine like, when you've got family and because you know you uh, like have done a bunch of stuff that people so if you had a family member that's doing what you do that would be interesting to them as well totally. they'll be like what's she gonna be like totally yeah like, they were know. sort of uh, and they'd seen loads of the stuff I'd done and it uh-huh. was kind of weird you know that you sort of forget over the years like little bits and bobs and not necessarily things you thought they would have saw or listened to like they'll, they'll sort of bring up news quiz like a radio right. show and you know like, which is great yeah. but sort of I'm like oh okay and sort of you know yeah so they were really sweet um, went for food I just, yeah, I was in New York for like 10, eight days and then I've been in LA and I'm back here till Monday. So I've been hanging out. There's, I know more people in LA. So it's always like just sort of very, like Andy Osho's here, you're here, Matt Kirshen's here. There's a few others and my agent's office are here. Um, so yeah, it's been fun. I, uh, been to see a bit of comedy. What else have I done? I haven't done much here though. So you did go and see comedy because that's always an interesting question when you're on a holiday. Yeah. Like, do you get into a comedy club or not? For you, you you went, you were cool with that? I went because I went to the comedy cellar in New York because mm-hmm. I wanted to see it. I well, wanted of course, to, you got to yeah, go to the cellar. Totally. Yeah. So I went down to, to watch that and that was great. And then I, <laughs> Last time I was in New York because <laughs> yeah. I honestly had never been to the cellar to see a show at this stage. I have since. But when this first happened, yeah. I went down there and it wasn't open yet and I had to do something <laughs> that night. So I, I had, went to the cafe upstairs and then if you use the toilet in the cafe upstairs it's down in the cellar in the comedy club right well so the noise like the what do you mean it's down oh okay so you have to go right. downstairs okay, yeah, like, so, so imagine yeah. you're in the cafeteria upstairs okay. their toilet is the comedy cellar toilet I see so during the day if you go to the toilet and say you accidentally go through the wrong door and have a bit of a nosy around right you can actually have a look in there by yourself allegedly I've oh heard. my god yeah, 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 yeah. oh cool so obviously they probably thought I had food poisoning yeah. saying that I went down there for like 20 <laughs> minutes but <laughs> This Aussie guy's real sick. Um, yeah, it's a great club, uh, and that I went and I saw something the other night. I went to Matt Kirshen was at a gig. I don't ask me where it was. This is terrible. Okay. It, was it was in Hollywood somewhere. That right. was fun. Some good acts, you know. Um, very. Everyone has short spots here. That sort of so you get to see a lot of comedy quite fast. Right. You know? That is. That's definitely true. Like, yeah. there's so many people, like. Who have like I think it's really interesting for people who come from you know where we come from, yeah. particularly you know where that longer form stuff is really encouraged. Totally. Like, I mean, for you, when you went to Edinburgh, and because yeah. uh, for people who don't know, and maybe there will be people listening to this who don't know you, um, like you first kind of like came to prominence when you won the newcomer at Edinburgh, right? Yeah, yeah. What what year was that? Two thousand and ten. Right. And how much comedy had you done before that? I've like, been going a while. I've been going. I, I wasn't full time. Mm-hmm. I sort of been going like about five years on and off, six years. I reckon how many years yeah five years um 
I sort of did. I had no. My story into comedy is not very interesting. Like it was literally, I was in a, I was in a pizza <laughs> restaurant in Crouch End, moaning about my life. And uh, my friend Danielle was like, "You should do stand up." I was like, "Damn straight, I should do stand up." Right. I'm already and in then, Crouch yeah. End, <laughs> which is where and, most of them live in yeah. London. <laughs> and then she went and put my name down. And three months later, I did my first gig. And anyone who's sort of done stand up, I think uh, my first gig was great. I thought it was amazing. I thought, <laughs> oh, uh, oh, I imagine, I imagine they've been waiting for me. Right. But, you, know, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I did it on a really bad night. Everyone else on an open spot night was right. kind of bad. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, of course, you know. And then second gig is when you realise how bad you are. Right. Uh, and I was like, wow. And then I sort of didn't, I sort of dabbled. It'd be an amazing documentary. Yeah. Like to make, like, because that is an experience that a lot of people do have. Yeah. That's like a common experience. If yeah. your other experience isn't common, that having a great first gig <laughs> and then having a terrible second gig, I think it'd be a great, like, you know, sort of like Michael Apted seven up style yeah. series. But all you have to do is get comedians and follow them between their first gig and their second gig. <gasps> so you follow them to, like, basically from the first gig, you pick someone who did well and yeah. then you just follow them around all week, the shit they're saying to their friends, you know. <laughs> That like, because the arrogant sort of like, you're like, oh my god, I mean, I'm oh probably god. gonna be on TV in six weeks. I mean, I probably should quit everything and start getting better friends yeah. because this is, I'm gonna go and buy a fur jacket yeah. just in case. It's totally, right? it's because totally that. you turn into a monster between that first one and the then when you're just like, of course, of course, I'm that. And then I had like, I had, yeah, it's mad. And the second gig is, I think, when it's like crack or whatever it is, that first gig, you're chasing that feeling, right. and that's what gets you to do stand up again. I think, if, I think if I'd had a bad first gig, I would never have done it. Again, where some comics would have, I think they knew they wanted to be comedians. I didn't. I'd secretly always known I was without sounding like a douche. I like I'm always like a second away from a laugh. Like uh-huh. I will, you know, that's sort of my natural state. I'm always ready to laugh and wanting to laugh. I think um, even in a deep conversation or whatever, I'm always sort of and not like looking for the gag. I just always feel like everything's funny. I find right. it, most things quite funny. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think if I'd had a bad first gig, I think I would have been like, oh, I'm never going to do it again. With some comics, were like, it's, you know, I didn't know anything about the industry. I was so comedy illiterate. Uh-huh. I remember doing a gig about six months in and someone said to me, great pullback and reveal. And I was like, cool, yeah. I had no <laughs> idea. I had no idea what they were talking yeah, about. If I just, yeah. <laughs> if I sent you a tape of my, like, if I sent you a transcript of my, could you highlight what the, that is that I have done? Because that would be, I mean, I guess it's good for me yeah. to know. <laughs> I had no, I, you know, the sort of the way, you know, I just had no, I was, I'm still not sure what that is. No, by yeah. the way. I'm still not sure what a pullback and a reveal is. Do you know? Can you explain it to me now? Pullback and reveal. You know, if you say, "Oh, I was the the the, the, oh, the sort of hackers one," is like, "Oh, my, I was uh, having a wank the other day," and uh, someone said, "Get off the bus." It's when you give a piece of information and then you reveal a bigger piece of information. So you're yeah. like, oh, you know, sort of the teacher. Right. Like I said, "Oh, mum," yeah. you know that one. Like I was, I was like, wanking on the bus is more a pull off and reveal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's a completely different one which is the worst right. so if, people, if people don't like pull back and reveals they're gonna hate pull off and reveals uh, the pull off and reveal joke too is one of the real memes of when people start doing comedy yeah. it's one of those jokes that everyone kind of thinks it's not I don't think anyone thinks they've stolen like have stolen it from anyone or anything I think it's just one of those like basic jokes that just floats around because it's always a twist on it too it's always like and then they say get out of the 7-Eleven yeah, and yeah. you're like well that's I mean the other guy was on a bus yeah like, totally. I mean, that's a different bit I suppose and I think the thing is when you first I first time I, I was in a club in Kentish Town I heard someone say the audience were being dicks and I heard someone the, the compare went where did you learn to whisper in helicopter and oh, I was like best thing I've ever heard right. and I was like this is the best this guy's a genius yeah. thought that, and then I said it to someone you know quite in the, and they were like yeah, that's that's yeah. that's a thing. And I was like, no, no, he made this up oh. in front of a really nasty audience. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, dude, that's like stock phrase. But I was like, oh, 
<laughs> I was like, it was incredible. I was one of the, but then the thing is, someone did make that up. That's right. a sad thing. I always think someone at one point did say, where did you learn to whisper in a helicopter? Left the gig and thought, I nailed it tonight. And then like years later, you walk around and everyone's saying it and you want to go, I, I did that. That's mine. Like, that was my bit, you know? <laughs> oh, mate. It's like the first person who did, um, you know, when somebody comes in late, can I get you anything, yeah. a drink, a fucking watch? Like <laughs> yeah. somebody did that yeah, first. totally. Who is that person? <laughs> yeah, I also something- make a documentary about them. <laughs> While I'm dishing out documentaries... <laughs> Come on, your documentaries. I want the one between first and second gig, and I want the, the originator. Let's find all the common like comedy yeah. things that have become those that's sort of genuinely, like. Genuinely, in all seriousness, that's a really interesting documentary, though. Right. I genuinely, that's a really. I'd love. I would watch. That. I'd pay that. If they were like the ones of that, I would totally watch. Because it'd be nice to also like talk to everyone. Because at every yeah. stage, someone's had to use like. I mean, the more you, the older you get, and the more experienced you get, the less you would ever use any sort of stock totally, line. Yeah. You just, but you know through the years like you know, some great ones and right. you sort of go this is actually a great gag you know like the, where, where do you learn to whisper in helicopter just it's, it's, at the time I was like that's so great and I just think that's quite an interesting like who someone said that for the first and I'll be interested to see if I watch right. who claims it who yeah who can go back as far and who was in the room and who can be like the night and what year because there's some point that someone you're trying to work out how it leaked how right. it went round I mean that would yeah okay I would totally right. watch well, it well that's yeah. good okay well, I'm gonna pitch if you go to a meeting <laughs> yeah. this afternoon yeah. actually we have the same oh. we have the same managers so right, if you could just mention that <laughs> oh, well, that we've come we up with got like, some really yeah, good ideas good, ideas guys <laughs> you can use all your clients this is a brilliant thing it's like a it'll be a great project it'll employ a lot of people i've got no ideas but i was at will's house so yeah. let me just say. oh you're a co-producer yeah, yeah. no you're i mean i would not have been inspired without this conversation you've got to you've got to get in on that you've got to claim your ground very early on these things you don't want to be like one of these people no. from this documentary who are now living in poverty because they didn't claim their That's idea so funny yeah right uh, so, uh, so you, I nearly quit after right. my second gig. Okay, what happened? So, so I did first gig. You know, like you're saying, you yeah. know, had a really fan- fantastic experience. Second gig. Uh, okay, so, <laughs> uh, so some people have, who listen to this podcast regularly, but we might have new listeners, and it's always nice to have new listeners. Hello, if you're here, uh, may have heard me tell this story before, but um, I haven't. So you have not. So it will be a completely fresh and new story Good. with you, right? So, uh, so I've done my first gig at the SBN St Kilda um, 19 years ago, September 10. So a couple of weeks ago, basically, it's been 19 years wow. since that happened. And uh, so it went, you know, pretty well, considering, like, you know, like, yeah. I mean, if you ever look back on what you talked course, about and yeah. whatever, you're like, I don't know how I went well. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not sure that I would like to hear back a tape of the laughs because I'm not sure they would match with what I imagined that gig <laughs> yeah. went like in my head. Go but, well! <laughs> so this guy's come up to me afterwards and offered me another gig. You know, buys into your theory of like, this is going to go well. Yeah. I'm already been offered another gig. He comes up to me. He doesn't know it's my first gig. He's come up to me and said, hey, um, uh, would it be cool if you came and did uh, 10 minutes at my gig? Like, So I just done a five and like the gig was like, I think the next Wednesday or something like that. Oh so God. it wasn't a long way away, no. right? And my five, you know, was not probably not the tightest of fives at no, that stage. I five probably, minutes at that stage are huge amounts of, they're like hours, effectively. Right. Writing a new five when you've only got five is the equivalent of writing an hour now. You're right. Like, I need a five, you know? Right. So um, yeah, I did double what I had. But I was like, well, I assumed that, to be honest, like, you know, how good I'd been at that first gig? Yeah. I assumed I was probably as good as someone who had 10 minutes already, right? Yeah. So I thought, you know, that's fine. I can get this together. So I've, I've said to the guy, uh, that, you know, that I'm happy to do the gig and like, you know, whatever, and I've got my 10 minutes. So then I get there on the night. There's not a lot of people there. 
Uh, it's probably about like 15 people in the audience, you know. Uh, there's this beautiful girl behind the bar, like really pretty, like bar girl, you know. Like I'm this young comedian. She's like the the dude who's running the gigs come up and he's going, you can get a free drink at the bar. I'm just like, this is the fucking best. Like, what have I been wasting my life doing before this? This is awesome. There's a pretty girl. Like, you know, this course, is great. Yeah. Um, the, the host of the night uh, was late. And so the, uh, oh, the guy who's running the gig is like, hey, um, would you mind hosting? You know, you don't have to host the whole night, but if you want to like, you know, just get up at the start, maybe do the first 20 or whatever, and then, you know, like bring on the first act and hopefully he'll be, you know, here by then and like, you know, you can oh my go God. on. But again, I should have just said no. I should have said, I, I, you know, I, I would have loved to, but no. I just don't have the experience or whatever yeah. like i can't you know that like you know i did five minutes in the middle of a lineup with a professional host and yeah. got some laughs but i don't have any experience of walking out in front of 15 people and trying to host and comparing is completely yeah like hosting is completely different to doing your bit when you're doing your five you know right. completely different, yeah right so but i didn't say that i said yes because i in my head i was like yeah, i'm pretty sure i can host <laughs> right it turns out I couldn't. No. I could not host at all. I also made a terrible mistake, which is this. In retrospect, if I had thought about it, like if I knew what I knew now. Yeah. Um, well, if I knew what I knew now, I just would have done some crowd work and then kind of got into some material and, you know, saw what happened. Yeah. But, but even if I knew what I knew now about what the skills I had then, I would have just done my best five up front yeah. and hope that I got some goodwill yeah. and then see what happened after that. Yeah. But instead, because I didn't have like, I had like this five that I'd tried. Yeah. I had five of new that I'd written for the gig and then I had 10 minutes of space. So I thought, why don't I just mix those all together? So even right. the five minutes of good that I had was so dissipated by <laughs> like, I mean, it's like, like going, oh, here's a delicious sweet, but I've shoved it in dog shit. <laughs> so even by the time we get to the delicious sweet, you'll be like, we had to eat so much dog shit. That, like, I don't, I don't care how delightful that Cadbury top deck is. I am not going to. I could still taste the shit. I could right. still taste the shit. Yeah, this might be a delightful Ferrero Rocher, yeah. but it's been in a dog turn. Oh my God. Yeah. When I went to the bar afterwards to like get my yeah. other drink, the bar, like the girl, would not look me directly in the eye. Oh. Like she served me, but she would not look me directly mm. in the eye. Do like out of shame, like shame. People think they can catch it off you, I think, when you've had a gig. <laughs> <laughs> you ever had that? You've had a gig so bad and you go, what's happening? And you go, you're not going to catch unfunny. It's fine. But like some, that look where people won't look at you or won't, and they're sort of like, yeah, 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 you know, head yeah. down. And you're like, dude, you can look at me. Like, you know, it's fine. They're like, and especially if you have a gig backstage and no one knows you, you're funny. And a new gig, or like they've never seen you have a good gig because that's their only right. impression of you. Uh -huh. Like years ago, and then you come back and they're just sort of like, can't look, and even comics. And you're like, oh, you're not going to catch unfunny. You can just be polite and just be like, that was pretty bad. You know, like I'd prefer pretty bad than like, she's not in the room. Avoid eye contact. She's not in the room. It's I mean, amazing. that is, I, but I agree with you. Yeah. And there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than being really unfunny in front of oh. like people who are funny for the first, like for the first time. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like I went and saw someone and I won't name this person, but a brilliant comedian yeah. in Edinburgh and someone whose show I had seen previously and right. thought was brilliant. That was the reason I went to see it again. Um, it was clearly the toughest night of her run yeah. of the show, right? Yeah. But as I said to her, like, I'm a comic. 
Like she did a great show. Yeah. Like they were wrong. Yeah. They were just a shitty crowd. Totally. So afterwards I sent her a message saying, hey, they were a shitty crowd. Like I know, like it was a great show. I've seen yeah. the show. It was a sh- because that's what I'd want to hear. I wouldn't want to be sitting there going, oh no, this person saw me on like a shit totally. night and now they think, because I was like, that's oh. the beauty of comedy. When, when you at a point where people know you're like, when you've had good gigs and stuff, and they go like, huh. like when you come off and they're like, that was yeah, they were, that yeah. was really tough. And you, it's a respect thing rather than right. going, well, no, well done, it was fine. You're like, I just that wasn't fine. I just had, yeah. and you go, oh, you think that's the best I can do? Yeah. When it's like, oh no, it was good, it was fine. Yeah, like you know, bye. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, like just be like, that was really tough, mate. Like you know, that was all, you know, <laughs> awful. <laughs> But it's really interesting, like the the audience I've got. I recorded all my shows last year. 2012 is my last Edinburgh on my iPhone, uh-huh. and so I was listening to. I did a mini tour last year, so I was like listening to the shows. And it's really interesting what you're saying about you and the crowd. There's one day I think it's like the 16th where I'm smashing it. Like, and to use that phrase, like you know, I don't use it. But I was like, but, the, but it's almost weird. Like I was like but I'm not great. It's really interesting. I'm listening like, oh, there's a couple of stumble over words, right, the timing's right. a bit off, yep. but they, they love it. They like really, but the 18th, they're like, ah, but it's my best. Right. And it's really, so when I was going to the tour show, I was like, which one should I listen to? And I was like, you've got to listen to the one where you're your best, not the, because I was like, that's how that joke should sound, regardless of what, you know, they were just a different audience. And I was like, but I knew on the right, it was really interesting. I was going, that joke, what? I stumbled in it. That's not the, you know, and they, they were just, they were loving and nice, but it was like, so I could just listen to it like, yeah, I'm great. Or listen to the one where they've been a bit tough, that really tough, considering, but it was definitely my best version of the show that I had done. And I was like, yeah, that's the best version of the show. Let's listen to you sort of having a death before you go. It's interesting. But no, but I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is that, like, and it's hard to explain to people. Yeah. Like, and I think, look, I've been guilty of it. And like, it was actually something that I did in the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year. I've kind of like made a pledge that I'm not going to do it anymore. Even just to myself. Yeah. But like on the last night of the festival, like I'd had such a great run and it's like my favorite show I've ever done. And it has just been, and you know what? Like the crowd were just a fucking tough crowd. Oh. And like, I shouldn't say it anymore. I should just like do my job and do my best. And, you know, it's their one night that they're there. And yeah. just because they're not like every other night. But it is really hard. Like when you're like, I've got this, I've got it. Like I get that like, you, the idea is kind of like, I should always try to be great. And that if I'm great, they'll be great. Yeah. But you know what? Sometimes you have great shows on nights that you're not great. Totally. And sometimes you have shitty audiences on nights where you're doing a good job. And sometimes it's a variation of all those, you know, it's, things in between. That's why we do it. Someone I met someone the other day, uh, Daniel Sosser, friend, I forgot his name, but he said, oh, there's science and there's a science comedy. I said, no, there is. I totally, I love the science. I love all that. But the truth of the matter is we don't really know. Because yeah. on any given night, right. you, you, I said that <laughs> you're doing a bit that you know, the moment when a joke dies, you know, the, when, when, when jokes go to the graveyard and you don't uh-huh. know when it happens, but you've got a bit that you've had. And it's right. like, you know, you're doing a set and you go this bit's never not done well and you start it and you're going in and you go what's happening and you're trying to not worry but you think this is this is probably the last right. and then you do it again and you do it again and there's no science to that joke just dying it just rots and some jokes turn into little lovely prunes and you can go back over the years and but a lot of them just die they just stop working and that is not science that's a you, you i'm trying to make this but even know, like night to night yeah like i mean there sometimes you just or even there'll be a bit of a joke yeah like where you just like people laugh there every <laughs> night so but i have stared at that moment yeah. and i have tried to examine it and i don't really know why they're laughing isn't it like i'm keeping it in totally but there's not there is a but there is a 
a vari- the variables we try and we analyze and all that and then some nights you go that just I don't understand and the other night yeah, and other nights you do feel like that was the best I'd done like I nailed that was you know and they don't that's why we keep doing it otherwise if you just nailed it and you worked out what comedy was I don't think you'd be interested anymore right like, that's what comedy is and that's how it works and that's the end I find it very interesting that you say that because this is actually a thought I've been having a lot like recently myself is this idea because people always ask you and I think I've been asked it more this year because I've just taken a year off my television back home to just genuinely like spend a year doing stand-up and so I guess when I'm being interviewed for things everyone wants to know like why like why do you do it what do you get out of it and I really like keep coming back to that idea of that it's hard like it's a challenge and I kind of figure I have to fill my time doing something yeah so I might as well fill my time doing something that's kind of like challenging and like like, you know, that you're never quite... Like, don't get me wrong. I do think I do wish it was, like, 25% easier. Cool. I think that's <laughs> yeah, absolutely like. fair. 25% easier. And that, you know, there's the variables of a room. People don't understand. You right. sound nuts. Like, <laughs> so I did a gig a couple of years ago, a charity gig with Russell Howard. Uh-huh. He's like, you know, big name. And we yeah. get to this theatre in North London. And there's a stage. And the table was, like, miles away. Uh-huh. And then they were, like, they were acting like we were being kind of diva. And then Russell... I came back out, went for a cigarette. Came, and Russell was just moving the tables and chairs. And I was like, that's someone who's done a lot of stand-up. Right. Someone's just going, I know. And they're looking going, this is just, like, be funny. But And I was like, you've known the variables in a room on any given night can be down to where the chairs and tables are. And when you say that to someone, they're like, yeah, but if you're funny, you're funny. You're like, no. No. You're too far from the stage. And this is a bit where I'm meant to sound like I'm talking and having a chat with you. And now I'm shouting it. <laughs> like, it's sort of a... A really interesting. I mean, like in general, like any sort of cabaret setting at all yeah. in comedy venues. Gross. I'm like, because here's what I don't want: anyone <laughs> with their back to me, or their side to me, or with like you know food. To be honest, yeah. either like they should just be concentrating because like so much of it is about like you've got to have heard the thing. You can't just catch every no. it's not an episode of fucking Law and Order. <laughs> no. You can't walk in and out of the room and expect to be keeping up. No, like, it's, it doesn't have an advert where we come back and say previously right. on. You know, it's sort of yeah. It's not like MasterChef where most of the show is just made up of them reiterating what happened before the break on MasterChef. <laughs> totally. It's smoke and mirrors. And right. and even then, sometimes, <laughs> and every time you think you know what room works and you're going to a room, go, it's not right. going to work tonight. And it does. And you go, and now I've got to change that theory. Because right. this room shouldn't work. And for some reason, you have a gig that works in a room that shouldn't work. And then, then you're trying to work out why that. I'm constantly reevaluating, And that's what I think I love about comedy and stand-up and what I find funny. Because I always think, I like this kind of comedy. And I like this kind of... And then I watch something that I would previously say, it's not really my bag. Mm-hmm. And I watch a version of it and I go, that's just blown my mind. And I don't... You know, that's funny. And so I'm constantly... Do you have something recently that you can name that like is like something that you've come newly to that like, you know, surprised you or you didn't think that you would be into that you really like? A clowning. I've really oh. got... Like, do people doing... I think Dr. Brown was amazing. Okay. But there's been a few others and sort of physical, old school, like stuff that when it's done badly infuriates me. Sure. Like actually... And that's what I find the risk so incredible. Because uh-huh. I go... Because this could be terrible. Yeah. But comedy is the one thing that people get angry about. Uh, they get few, like they, they get if you're not funny people are livid yeah. they don't just be like oh that wasn't really funny like no. you know like this is yeah. you know you see on twitter you're like wow people are and, and i the only time i feel like it's like physical comedy when it's done badly right i'm sort of like what's going how is this but when it's done well i can't it blows my mind that i'm belly laughing at something that i don't really understand i don't know I, I don't I, you know I don't do and mm. I just trying to work out why is this funny why is this funny this man just look, looking at us and tiptoeing around the stage it shouldn't be it, what is that like and it drives me because you know we would joke you could have got something to, to study whereas when it's watching someone do something quite physical I'm like what 
what's happening? Why am I in hysterics? You know, I actually, I, I felt that about Sam Simmons show in yes. Edinburgh. Like it, I, I enjoyed seeing that show so much. A, because it's a really good show. Yeah. B, because it's a great show for a comedian like me to see in a festival because I don't know if you're like me, but if I go and see stand-up, yeah. like a lot of time it feels like, because like, even though you're not trying to do it, like your brain's still kind of working out what they're doing and where they're going and yeah. how it's kind of structured and it's just kind of doing that. And it, you can almost feel a bit exhausted. Yeah. But like, I loved Sam's show. And if you'd stop me, like at any time for about three quarters of it and said to me, why are you laughing? I'm not sure I could have 100% explained to you other than it was just really funny. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think even, <clears throat> even with stand-up when i why are you know so when you watch so two just stand-ups and one who you like one who you love 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 and one who you're like meh about and sometimes if they're doing straight stand-up you know like kind of and they could be on the same topics you know if you did their set list and they and you work and it's really interesting going why them and not them why yeah. have i just been like no and this person I'm like they're the greatest and someone else you know it's really interesting sort of work i find that so scary that you're like what makes someone love a stand-up and laugh a stand-up when someone else has got similar bits and then you just go no you know kind of that charisma thing like someone could be so watchable i've watched a stand-up recently uh, i'm not gonna name names obviously um but he was he's uh he's very good but so but like his jokes were, like, listen you know whatever but he, watchable i was like i could watch him or i've never once i didn't right. once feel like i'm exhausted whereas normally you know now at the end of an hour i'm always like yep and that is the perfect amount of time but i was like wow i could just carry on watching the presence they had and what's that presence is such a, a vacuum it's such a weird thing to, to give it you know but i was like but i suppose presence is the word maybe i don't know i so, don't uh, funnily enough i think uh somebody was trying to pay me that compliment the other night but <laughs> instead just that like, this was the words they said they said you're a con man and i was like what and they said, like, your act, you just get up there and you just con everybody into liking you for an hour. And I was like, I mean, I guess. That's what everyone does, though. Right, isn't that's, that? That's part of it. It's, it. I mean, I think we're griff. I've always thought the comics are a little bit like, you know, like, do you ever say that movie Rounders with yeah. Matt Damon? Yeah. Like, it's always just like, you know, we're in town. Where's the game? Yeah. It's all the same people. Yeah. We play each other all the same time. You know, that one night you might have a good night and yeah. someone else might not. But we all, we're all professional card players. Totally, totally. <laughs> I think it's uh, that's exactly that's such a great thing, uh, a great analogy for it. I think it's everyone has their nights where they're you know you're king of the world, and everyone has their nights where they're like, oh my god, I'm the worst thing that's ever happened to comedy, you know, and that is the worst feeling as well. It doesn't go with time. <laughs> uh, did you see any of Miss America the other night? Did you happen to catch any of the Miss America? No. Uh, the only reason I bring it up is they have a uh, they have a. I didn't see the first half of the show. I should have it. I forgot to enter this year. <laughs> no, you have to be American. Oh, right, right. But right. once you get your you know get your all your paperwork done, so and I think, racist. <laughs> next year okay. well they have a talent section oh right and no one's done stand up in Miss America <laughs> that'd be great because well this is what I wanted to talk okay. about because I got it because it was blowing up on Twitter I thought well I'm not doing anything else I'm relaxing on the couch I'm like <laughs> I'm going to watch like Miss America yeah. so I've turned over just at the like Miss America's got talent section of the show yeah. and it was insane so like there's some standard sort of like mostly it's like you know like a girl who can play the piano or so, yeah, a couple of people sang you know right. like to varying degrees of success some right. were really good singers one was had been told obviously that she was a good <laughs> singer uh, but but then she got like she got real like there was some weird quirky talent okay. so first one the girl who actually won Miss America Miss New York uh, she did 
Uh, have you ever seen people, it's like a drinking game, like it's a party game. There's videos of it all over the internet. If you ever saw the movie Pitch Perfect, I'm, I'm throwing that out there. You may, yes, so yes. Have you seen that? The music? Great, great yeah. movie. Right, okay, correct answer. <laughs> you come to the right podcast. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I always throw that one yeah, out with yeah. hesitation. Great movie. If you've ever yeah. seen Pitch Perfect, you're, you're correct. Yeah. That is the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, you can stay. Uh, Anna Kendrick, call me if you're listening. No. <laughs> She's not this thing. Uh, but um, so uh, I uh, think it's a great, it's a fantastic movie. But she does this little thing in there with the red cup. You know, when she does the audition thing for oh, the like thing the, and she sings yeah, and she yeah, uses yeah. the red cup to do percussion as, right, she, as right. she sings along. So Miss New York, obviously a big fan of the movie Pitch Perfect, thought I'm going to get around that. I'm going to do my version. You know, I'm going to do yeah. my version of the cup game. So there's people playing the piano. There's people singing these big songs. And then Miss New York comes out and sits on the side of the stage <laughs> with her red cup, her drinking cup, and sings Pharrell's, like, Happy by Pharrell, like, using the cup. It was terrible. It was, like, one of the worst things. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. It was terrible. That's so bad. But. Nothing compared to my favourite act of the entire Girl, night. Worse can't than remember, the cup. Can't remember which uh, state she was from, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but she did a ventriloquist act. <laughs> she was a ventriloquist. She wasn't good, right? Oh, well, she was perky. <laughs> yeah. And it was very much, she got the her and the doll sang supercalifragilisticexpialidocious <laughs> together, which is hard to do as a... And you couldn't see her mouth moving. No, well, I mean, not, not <laughs> heaps. <laughs> Nina Conti has made me love ventrilo- ventriloquism. Like that her. was the reason I thought of it. Yeah. I thought it was that perfect example of like when you see someone do something like that wonderfully. Yeah, exactly. She's just made. She's also. I mean, I'm obsessed with Nina Conti. I think she's like an old school, like an old school star. When you're backstage with Nina Conti, I just, I just stare at her like, like you're just a star. Like a. She's like I don't know. She's just so graceful and beautiful and talented and brilliant. And her documentary is amazing. Like, I'm, you know, I sound uh, <laughs> like I know Nina well, so I'm probably freaking her out. But yeah, I just think she's, yeah. She's not listening great, either. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough, yeah. all the puppets listen. <laughs> They're big fans of the show. Monkeys, like Nina, <laughs> there is a podcast. This is another thing they argue yeah. about. It's like... <laughs> 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 Got to be honest with you, I had him on the podcast. He was hopeless without her. Like, I mean, she is the real... I've heard he's really aloof, which is not around. Really, really. Just (laughs) seriously. I was like, come on, man. Like, it's a party. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I thought, well, like, stand-up, that's a talent. Like, so if you did enter Miss America, like, I would love... Come and imagine that. It's Miss America night. And then, like, you know... And our next contestant, and someone just comes out and does. It'd like be amazing five. if someone did do like a really good stand-up. It's a, because rather than those talent shows, I mean, I hate, I mean, I hate beauty competitions and stuff like that. But I mean, someone to do five minutes of like real like feminism laden stand-up. Oh be yeah, incredible! You'd be like, what is happening? You know, it'd be brilliant for the show. Like, and they'd, I mean, if anyone, you know, if I was a stand-up in this country and I sort of looked like that, I'd probably do it and just see if I could do the five minutes. They'd, they'd edit it out. They would never get on. <laughs> <laughs> They just put a cup in front of your hand where the mic is. <laughs> so you'd gone through all of that humiliation and your stand doesn't even make it on telly. Yeah, yeah, it'd just be their supercalifragilistic expialidocious. Uh, yeah, that's interesting to me. Um, what, would you ever come and live here if you had some job or something to yeah. do here? Like, what do you think of America? I think it's great. I would. I think I'd like to for a bit. Um, 
LA this week is, is a heat uh, heat wave and it is, oh, I'm really struggling, man. It's like, I run from Uber to my apartment. It's like 110, I was 150. Last podcast I done, we were in your lovely apartment, it's mm. air conditioned. We did, uh, I did a podcast a few days ago and it was like 109 and I was just like, I'm dying here. Wow. Like it was. This is Bikram podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very LA. It's a, it's a cleanse. Big it's a big grand podcast. That's like it's very big thing in this LA. This is the only way we get the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I've um, but I, yeah, it's you know, it's really um, especially with Uber in LA. I can't drive, so you know, without advertising. But like that saved me. Otherwise, if you come to LA and you can't drive, you're sort of you've got no business in LA. You know, right. you know, you're not near any. The tubes will have like three stops or whatever. It's like. But yeah, I would totally. I, I think I'd like. It's uh, it's exciting. Uh, New York was great as well. The energy in New York is uh, is uh, it's just yeah. It feels it's really hard to have a new memory in New York though because it feels like everywhere is like in a film. So right. everywhere you go, you go. This is not my you, to find a place that isn't that is just for your brain to go like. Oh, remember us there? You're like oh Ghostbusters. Your brain's going. We've got this place stored already. Like as right. a memory. As, you know, that's where Slimer comes. You're like no, no, I want it to be my brain. It's almost though. Like it is that amazing thing where I, I think that you like it so, feels so familiar. Yeah, I think that's why it, you kind of you just do walk around. You go, oh, this is fine. Oh, I've it's... seen this. I know where. Like I can wander down the village. I know where shit is. Yeah, like, um... but it's really interesting. I think taxi drivers being like the soul of a city. Mm. Like it, I got a taxi from the airport to the city, and then the guy was like, "Greatest city on earth," you know, and talked, you know, great. And every cab I got was sort of like, right. I'm a New Yorker, greatest yep. city on earth comparatively to London, when as long as you're getting a black cab and they're like, oh, everything's going to rack and ruin this bloody da-da-da. And I just think that shows you the mindset. So I was like, no no taxi driver would talk like that in London. No one would say this is the best shit in the world. It would like, I think they'd explode if they right. said that. Whereas in London, they're sort of like, nah, it's not what, this is all bloody rubbish. This is all the EU. This is all the, that's what you get. Whereas in New York, it's like, this is amazing. Welcome to New York. That like, is an interesting thing in perspective though. How do you go with that personally? Because over here, yeah. Like, you know, like that, that sort of self-deprecating thing is not really like what's done here. No, I was like, at, we were at Tim's the other night and uh, I, the guy there, he was in high school, we were chatting and then and Matt Kirsch introduced me to him. He was like one of Tim's friends. And Matt was like, this is Roisin. She's uh, one of my favorite comics, brilliant comics. She's, you know, very, used a lot of adjectives. It has got, and then I went, I'm, I'm not mediocre at best. And he said the best thing. And he went, how painfully, how, how boringly, but painfully English of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, that's exactly. And he was like, he just was like, yeah, don't, you know, that sort of. And I was like, God, it's almost, you know, they don't, they just feel like they don't find it uh, endearing. It's sort of like, why would you say that about yourself? It's kind of, you could always see, like, why would you say that about yourself? That's weird. I remember being lectured quite early on when I first started, like, going to meetings and stuff here because, like, you mean, you'll be self deprecating. That's the way that we talk, yeah. right? Yeah. And you, you know, you will play that sort of thing down a little bit. And somebody just actually said to me afterwards, they said, hey, everyone here, like, you know, exaggerates like about 20% on how good they already are. So if you are self-deprecating, <laughs> people just think you're shit. Yeah. Like they believe you when yeah. you say, oh, no, I'm not that big a deal. And they're like, oh, okay. We were actually looking not for somebody who was. Not big a deal. Right, yeah, Self-confess. Yeah. <laughs> Self-confess, not a big deal. Yeah. I find that, um, yeah. And obviously the thing is, I don't, I haven't met anyone who's been openly like, you know, like. I haven't met anyone in this sort of way like I'm so great da, 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 mm. you know but they are very forthright in what right. their strengths are but I haven't been offended by it I thought I would I thought I'd be like oh god because especially in comedy you know like around everyone's sort of like if you come across like that at all you're like 
you know you're out right. <laughs> you know if you're around the table like well I'm so comics is you know kind of a small fraternity really and if, if you sort of go I'm the best or I'm so good and I'm this is it immediately people just like it just goes against being a comedian you know right. you're sort of like we're not meant to think we're amazing on that also, level you know kind well, of. yeah also yeah firstly you're not meant to think you're amazing yeah. on that level yeah. I mean absolutely right yeah secondly the last thing you want to do around a people a group of people whose job is to find people's faults or well to find like faults in things and pick things up part or whatever is say to people I'm perfect yeah. I challenge you to come up with I tell you what the list will come together pretty quick totally and also I think it's a sign of self the thing is comedy is like self-awareness isn't it like it's, a, it's about uh, it's awareness and, and so like so I think that old bit when people come on stage and they say oh, I know you're thinking I look like this or whatever and people do that bit it's, it's just to prove to the audience I'm aware of that and I'm showing you that I'm aware of that you don't have, you have no more awareness of me than I have that's just you can see the science behind that and so someone on a table who speaks like that you think I don't think you're good comic because you're not aware of the of that you're making uh-huh. us go i don't think this is not caught cool. what you're saying isn't cool and it's making me a bit like edgy towards you because i'm like why would you say like and not like i'm not, not and i don't think people should sit down and, you know not say they're good news i'm really i'm genuinely i think people have been doing well and stuff like that isn't really important right. for our business and i like but when people talking you know that way there's very few really but the odd when you go who talks like that right who says like relentlessly like i roofed it i smashed it i did it you know kind of every night and sort of you're a bit like that's weird I feel like your standards are a bit yeah low. <laughs> yeah i feel yeah. like no one is smashing that totally like and i don't even trust them like even if you are smashing it every night i only trust you if every third night you want to kill yourself like because totally. you don't think you're smashing it hard enough You've or got to whatever share the other side as well which is the day where you're like am i am i the worst comic you know right. you've got to have that conversation with and then we go okay they're, they're fine they're back on where they're like you know sort of i don't know i just don't trust anyone who's relentlessly positive i had an opportunity and it was only a brief thing and someone that i know and like so it yeah. wasn't really a risky dangerous situation yeah but I was listening to another podcast today, a podcast that I, I really like called I Love Green Guide Letters from Australia, which right. you, you probably are not familiar with, yeah. but it's a great little Australian podcast and I, I really enjoy it. And um, But there was a guest on and they read out letters from – so there's in the Age newspaper, which you'd be familiar with yeah. in Melbourne, right? They have a TV lift-out guide called The Green Guide. Right. And essentially it's this famous Melbourne page of like people complaining about television shows and having <laughs> debates about things like how you pronounce kilometre or kilometre. Like it's it's honestly the most pointless, mindless – it's kind of like internet comments by old people before the internet, right, you know? Right, right, yeah, like okay. people complaining that the bill wasn't on at the right time or like <laughs> – just pedantic and they're never really that positive no. and so this podcast really funny so like and often you'll have people on that like are mentioned in the letters and it's fun to be able to like yeah. respond to these like you know people having a go at you or whatever so i'm just listening to it and out of the blue wonderful young australian comedian called tom ballard i don't know if you've ever come across tom and no. you might might have missed him in your travels but he's brilliant yeah and he's just got a tv show at home called reality check and it's it's going well but yeah. there's been some mixed debate in the letters course, like there always right. is so the, the letter had said, uh, I think Tom Ballard has taken a Will Anderson pill. And then in that moment, I realized I'm now listening in because they're doing a live podcast right. in front of an audience. And my name has come up oh. on a panel of comedians. Oh. Like, so suddenly I'm literally at that point where I'm like, okay. I'm about to be made fun oh, of in God. some way. Yeah. Like, what is it? Like, cause what is it going to be? Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what is the... The and angle. They're going to... What, what are they going to... And oh, there's God. part of you that, like... Uh, there was part of me that almost turned it off. That it was almost... I'm not even sure I want to hear what people say when they're making fun of me. Yeah. Oh, God. Because I know, by the way, like, in that situation, 
go for the fucking joke. Yeah. You're in a live room yeah, and a yeah. name comes up. Like, God. go for the joke, right? As it turned out, it was fine. Like, yeah. as I said, it was someone I knew and, like, it wasn't probably, a, like, you know. But it was funny to hear what someone's impression of me would, like, <laughs> sound like. Because, like, I mean, it, Tom made some joke about taking my pills at a music festival and then they then turned into pretending to be me, which right, was, right. like, basically his only impression was, oh, my hips hurt, smoke weed every day. And I was like, okay, well, that's not that's, – yeah. of all the things that yeah. you could have said, yeah. I'm, that's I'm fine, fine with yeah, that. Yeah. there was that moment <laughs> – Oh, it's terrifying. Like, we sort of go, well, I've, yeah, it's terrifying when you think, what are they going to, your impression what on. What will it be? Yeah, totally. I'm like, terrible. I'm a pedophile. What? <laughs> Hang on, what? <laughs> Don't stay in the room with him. Like, what? Hang on, what? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that, that thing where you, I think, especially to be called anything that you're not aware of. You mm. know, sometimes we're like, that bit where she goes like, like that. And you're like, what? what? What do I do when Hang I'm on, on stage? You know, that thing you go, that, oh, and I always worry that it's something like right. a silly thing that you've not noticed, but everyone finds funny. And they're everyone's like, been talking yeah. about for years. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, God, when she does that. <laughs> At the end of, <laughs> or whatever. And you go, I don't do that. And then you watch all your stuff. <laughs> when I first did stand up, I used to say people a lot and I never knew. Oh, uh, as in like, hey, pe- like <laughs> I hate people. Like no, I was like, so people, like, I was like, oh, right, how are you doing people? Or something like that. It was a very, very first year. And one day my sister went to meet my sister. I used to see my sister in the audience to get her inhaler out when I was on stage. And I was like, what's that? She was like, you can't, please. I can't watch you say people anymore. And I was like, people? She's like, you say people like 30 times during a set. It's killing me. It's killing me for no reason. You just keep saying people, people. <laughs> Like, as a like as a like punctuation you right. know like a, uh i was like oh people and i didn't oh. realize i had no idea and i like record, you need to record your sets that's ke- like every time you say people i'm like she, what's she doing she's got like people to rats right yeah had somebody bet her before <laughs> yeah. the gig that she can't say fo- people 40 times <laughs> yeah. is this like an art piece exactly i ladies and gentlemen is mine that's my definitely yeah. my one that I, uh, we've all got them we've all got them and i think sometimes it's, you don't want to get too so self-aware that you can't talk yeah. like i say in conversation i'm because i'm quite cockney i'm from north london but um like if i'm talking you know properly i'll say three but sometimes in the rhythm of my speaking i'll say oh there's three of us and being any awareness of me in the moment of talking can ruin my set right and so i like i write far more articulately than i talk so i always when i write stuff i just have to just let it go because and then let the words find themselves again but if i become aware too aware of my, you know, then the time everything goes. It's like this is what I do, and some of the sentences I don't finish sentences. Like when I listen to my stand up, I was like, oh, that's why that bitch got shorter. You, you just don't finish sentences. Yeah. That's fine. That's sort of. But if you try and be what you're not, it can ruin you as well. You know, you can be like, I need to sound like that and that clean and that sort of slick. Then I think it can be like say I think because I'm relaxed. And my sister's like, why do you say think on stage? Like, you know, people are watching. My mum, <laughs> she says it as well. But I was like, right. because I say it in real life yeah. and on stage. I sometimes i don't want to be like so i'm thinking about it it just right then you're not you no you want to be in your you don't want to be but you have moments where i'm like oh god i have to keep doing this thing or i keep saying like uh you know sort of sort of i say quite a lot as as sort of as a sentence sort of yeah you got it and it will move on and i was like sort of what you know where are you going yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh man i have so many like i mean people listen to this podcast know them and yeah. have mentioned them yeah totally i say totally a lot uh literally out of oh, like and co- we all do that what has what how did that happen though like because i understand like i mean i know the meaning of literally yeah i understand when i'm misusing it but for whatever reason it's still 
it's it's gone into the lexicon. It's one of the things that we use, and it's really hard. So it's really easy to be judgmental about like phrases and words that come in, but when they're in the, you know, they come into your. We use what's available to us, and stuff to go literally, and it's a real. Um, it's a what do you call like a time saver, right? And on stage, you're always looking for time savers, so you want to go like I, honestly it was as if this was really happy and you say literally so you just say that right. I'm, I'm going to use that word as a cut out five sentences and so you can see how it sort of but it is we all try then not to use it and then you sort of like I genuinely said don't say genuinely either yeah. you know <laughs> There's so many that you go, of course, you know, like, it's, you're, not on, you're not in court, you know, like, you know, I genuinely said. How much, do you, like, would you swear on stage? Um, I don't swear that often on stage. I swear when the gig's going badly, mm-hmm. I've noticed. Right, so um, the more sweary, the worse it's going? Sometimes, yeah. I've got, a, I've, I'm very sort of um, in mixed minds about it recently mm-hmm. because I swear, um, I've got a couple of jokes that have a, a swear in them. Uh, and I think that they, they adds to the joke yep. and I think that's fine. Um, but sometimes, I don't know, I think it can make make sort of you know, sort of better stuff appear um, uh, maybe not as well thought out, you know, and you go, it is well thought out, the swear was in it. And But then I also, so I've got the two minds of going, oh, do I want to appear, how you want to appear or what you know the joke works. So it's, it's a bit weird. Um, I try, I don't swear all the time, but occasionally if I'm, especially if I'm doing you know, using it as punctuation is the worst. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, the fucking Don't thing. be disturbed by that. No, I have fine. a housemate it, for the week. It's not, it's not some random, it's like, this is getting weird. Well, hey. That's Lindsay over there. Hi, so, Lindsay. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. I, my, I've got you an were, ice machine. I've got a freezer right, yeah. in my house. Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, well done. Um, Look at you. Yeah. Oh, we've all got shit going on, mate. <laughs> I also have a freezer in my house with an ice yeah, machine. High five, aren't we both doing well? Yeah, I didn't know the ice Let's machine. Let's post about that in comedy. We'll sit around a table next time that we're around going, oh, guys, I know we've all got stuff going on, but we both have ice machines. I didn't know there was an ice machine. So I was like, every time I went to bed for the last oh. two nights, I was like, what? Is that noise? Oh. And I'd get up. I was like doing security checks, going round, going round, and then I was just like, dum, 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 dum. and I was like, something terrible is happening in this house. On? And it's just my little freezer making ice. Yeah, it's really scary. Wow. I, yeah, but it seems weird that it's. Are you, are you use? No, it shouldn't be making ice when you're not using ice, though, right? It's, mine's not like yours. Yours is like a two door American mm. fridge. Mine's like a you know like a fridge freezer. Like oh. so, it's just like the top fridge freezer that you get in England. Yeah. You know, sort of. And then in it, it's just like a tray of ice with this like little chute. It just goes into it, and the like, ice is overflowing. Like right. it's just making ice all oh, okay. the time. It's like, well, I'm nailing this. Yeah. Well, have you seen how hot it is yeah. outside? Yeah. I've seen the temperature. If you guys aren't looking, I don't know why you're not using yeah. me. I am like the perfect thing you need right now, and I'm making so much. And I of did. It. I did. I think I felt like the freezer right. was trying to tell me, "I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm here for yeah. you. Welcome to America. Yeah, exactly. I'm not your usual British freezer." <laughs> where you've got to make it yourself and then smash your sideboards to death to get it out. <clears throat> so um, I my water filter needs changing in my fridge. Because, right. um, well, I know that because the light came on that said the water filter needs changing. Wow. But um, I've, I don't really know what I'm meant to do about that. I don't know either. I mean, yeah. I don't, maybe they... Walgreens or one of those shops? One of those shops. Do you think they'll of, just have well, them? I think they were sort of no, maybe. I mean, I'm sure I could just look it up on the internet. Yeah, but that's instead, it. I just look at it every time it comes on and go. Oh, <laughs> do wish, you swear? I wish you don't that swear too happening. much, do you? Do you no, swear? I do actually. Like this yeah. is the interesting thing. So obviously, I can work clean if I need to. Yeah. And, and to be honest, when I'm playing my American dates, yeah, I swear a lot less because you're new to the clubs. Yeah. You know, but 
when I'm playing my big theatre shows and whatever, I do find that I swear a lot just because yeah. if I nat- if I relax, exactly, I naturally do swear a yeah. lot. So it's one of those things where I kind of – there is part of me that subscribes to what you were saying before that sometimes I think that when you're doing something that is constructed and clever and whatever that people miss that because you're swearing. Yes. But at the same time, I kind of think that sometimes – people are willing to go with something that's clever and interesting that they wouldn't have ordinarily gone with because you chucked in a few swears and so good, that they don't some you good know. swears that make you know like a good at the right time a good sort of is is it's language it's right. just language you know and like to, i don't like editing anything out that's in real life if on stage i go mm. it's like you know if i was to think this of someone if someone annoyed me in real life and i thought and that's a good and then i think on stage you go, and i just thought he was a real idiot yeah. you know you're like well that's not what you thought is it you know what i mean you right. thought, you know, kind of, and that's a funny sentence. What you thought was just like this, da 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 da. It's a da da da. You know, right. and that sort of. You can swear on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one place you can right, definitely yeah. swear. You know, like, it's a podcast. It's yeah. free on the internet. <laughs> you know, you just whatever you feel about you, you sort of those the high emotions. What you come into your brain are not low emotion words. They're that's high it. emotion words. I like that. I like uh, that your your approach to that. So, what is um. What, what what do you like to be talking about at the moment? What are things that are you know you're interested in, like that you know you're writing yeah. about or that you want to be like talking about on stage? Now, is there anything in particular that you kind of like? I love, I would love to be, or I am writing yeah. a lot about this at the moment, or whatever. I mean, I'm sort of in the moment sort of writing a lot of new, you know, relentlessly because I didn't do an Edinburgh show, and yep. so um, I've been writing. I suppose uh, a lot. Uh, I'm trying to write a bit about the environment, um, but kind of in a sort of, I, I don't know if we're going to, uh, I'm quite interested in in sort of our, how much, sort of the things we do and the things we're not prepared to do and how uh-huh. pointless, it, you know, kind of what that um, leads us to. Um, feminism, obviously, I've always, you know, sort of discussed that and uh, I think, but I, 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 even with themes, I'm a very much put the, put the medicine in the mashed potato, uh-huh. you know, kind of, I don't want to have to sort of, this is what I'm, but the things I'm interested in, you know, kind yeah. of. Uh, That's a very different approach, by the way, because I thought, I was always familiar with the spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down, but yeah. the medicine in the mashed potato is a bit more like, yeah. it's from the streets. Yeah. We don't have your fancy sugar <laughs> to be putting your medicine in. It goes in your fucking potato mash and you'll fucking eat it and you'll like yeah. it. <laughs> So I'm kind of like, yeah, I, try, I kind of, I, I sort of have, um, but yeah, things, I mean, I, I'm always trying to be where, I think the best comedy for me, and this is always changing on a day-to-day basis, you know, like, so I've yeah. got no, I'm very reluctant, like, I think fundamentally I'm just a series of, you know, events and circumstances meeting another series of, of events and circumstances at any given time. Mm. And so I'm always trying to update what I think, because I think so much of us just go, this is who I am, this is done. And then you hit you like 35. could not have come to the right podcast. Yeah. This is like, honestly, what we talk about all the the time which yeah. is this idea of like it, th- that idea of like you know that people they put their pressure on you to choose your job at 17 yeah i wouldn't let the fucking smartest 17 year old world tell me what to do exactly. let alone me at 17 no i was a fucking dickhead totally. i didn't know anything you're telling me that i'm sh- meant to make decisions i've got to stick with for the rest of my life yeah it's absolutely i'm different today than i was yesterday it's and it really is and i think but being i think but I think because our insecurity about being alive sometimes makes us want to ch- define ourselves uh-huh. and to sort of separate ourselves from other because you're feeling that sort of uh, that sort of kills creativity. So sometimes I'm like you got to be re- that sort of staying open without sounding like listen, I don't want to sound pretentious or anything like that. You know, I'm not because you're British. Not, yeah, you don't you know, want to sound pretentious. I don't want to sound like you know, but I just trying to. Sometimes I have to go over things, ideas that I have about the world and about myself and what I'm into and what I'm not into, and I'm really sort of in that place again. A bit like I was saying with comedy, like when I go out and push, my, I find things that I like and. I haven't 
uh, or ideas, all of my ideas about the world are just uh, are up for grabs, really. And I yep. think that's sort of what it is. And, and I'm trying to make sure that I've updated my software in my brain going, have you updated? Is there new information coming out? Yeah. And you go, but you're just still thinking about, you think the world is exactly the same as it was two years ago. And, you know, so I'm trying to be like, this is where, where I am. The viewpoint, I think the best stand up for me at this time is when people know their viewpoint and, and who they are at that time. And they're a good they're a good source of it for similar view. You know, you go, well, that's, I'm a 35-year-old woman and this and this and that, bang. And then that viewpoint um, is sort of where I'm trying to write from, which sounds, obviously, it's the only one I can write from, but... Um, okay, this is a question okay. that goes with that. And you may not be able to answer this off the top of your okay. head because it might just be one of those things yeah, that yet yeah, it doesn't right. come to mind. But do you have an example of something? Can, is there something that you can remember kind of changing your mind about? Like, you know, where you're kind of like, oh, you know, I really used to kind of think this or I wasn't aware of this and now I kind of like have really changed my mind. Is there anything major? Is there anything that, uh, well, not that major, but like yeah. you know, enough that you can kind of go. I mean, so much about, I mean, love is one of the things I think changes everyone. You know, kind of anytime you fall in love or come out of love, what you think, uh, what that is and how it continues in different forms and shapes is always a thing. So, you, you know, you think it's either this or nothing. Uh, is always and I think as you get older you go the no love no. when you've been when there's love there's love and it just shows up in a different shape and a form and it, as the same you know it changes and that's obviously a thing I think if you've ever had a, a big relationship or anything like that you go like oh yeah it, it doesn't just dissipate it just shows up in a different you yeah I think that we like to believe in beginnings and endings uh-huh. and I, we don't really get that many of them in life really truthfully you know kind of there's always matter <laughs> Um, like yeah it's 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 rare those people yeah and that's why we love it when like you know the tough guys walk away from explosions and throw the like fight you know like and burn everything down because we're like that's what we all kind of secretly crave i would this is messy now yeah i don't know if we're going to get out the other side of this it's going to take months and then we're going to have to negotiate the terms and it's going to be and i want to do that because that's life and you know good friends and bad friends and like all those sort of things and in every area you know work or friendships or like you know you you think you've your friends I've, you know, I've had friends since I was 15 and uh, since I was um, like four or five and then like when I was like 50, we went to school from four to 15 and we're still like really good friends but sometimes you meet people and you're like we have got nothing in common but the past you right. know kind of and and you sort of go and who but who and it sometimes feels like you're killing their, your version of yourself off because you go well I was this but you know and it's I don't know I find it just yeah. No, and they're the you yeah. know, they're, they're the coffees you catch up with where you should walk away, totally throw the match over your shoulder yeah. and burn the whole place totally. down. But I, I've got one of my really good friends, and he's had a family and stuff. And I, I said, and was like, I said, no. One day I was like, we're not going to be coffee mates. We've got to do things. I was like, I don't uh-huh. want to be. I don't want to be a person. We meet up every and we have an hour, and I tell you what you've done. You tell me what we've done. Let's just not do like let's create things. You know, you've got to have new stuff to do. But stuff like that, I think politics and uh, what I feel about the world obviously, you know, changes all the time as well. And I think being a, a, able to receive new information, but also trying to seek new information about it, sort of right. about, yeah. And I, I'm a, like, uh, even like deaf and stuff like that, like I, I'm not an atheist. Um, I'm not religious, but I'm not an atheist. I, I don't, and even that conversation without sounding nuts, you know, kind of like I don't have a, a definition of religion or, you know, but I, that sort of thing, I like to be able to articulate that better and work out why I feel that and sort of go, so I'm interested in sort of ideas and not just received ideas. I don't want to have other people's version of the world in my head the whole time. I want to make sure my experience delivers something back to me and that I'm able to interpret it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I, I think <laughs> yeah. it does. There might be a few people out there going, oh, I just want some dick jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's loads of dick there'll jokes. be dick jokes yeah. too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. That's the mashed potato. But I want it to be my dick joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to see what I see in penises. Right. <laughs> and what is that? Yeah. We've finally got to the interesting part of the podcast. What is that? What are you looking for in a penis? No. <laughs> Imagine if you said, what are you looking for in a penis? Just sort of, you know. Yeah. I mean, Good talker. Yeah, just what are you, what are you, what are you looking for attached to your penis? <laughs> like, that's that's how you start looking at it. Yeah. You're like, look, yeah, we're going to choose penis first, but I am interested in the accessories. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, imagine if that's how you said, like, yeah. had to choose from genitals, yeah. genitals. I mean, that's pretty much how women are chosen, and like, and sort of like boobs, you know. But like, I mean, imagine if you just had like to choose willies. That'd be really funny. Oh my God, that would be. I mean, <laughs> that, okay, that's another show. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be involved in this one. I feel, I'm pitching it Avalon. Yeah, you can with pitch it. this yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, I can be your co-producer <laughs> on this one yeah, on your cockumentary. Co- 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 nice work. It's a, nice work. It's a dating show. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's nice. The Snatchula, and it's like uh, it's a woman choosing her partners, but only by you only ever see the penis. So, and you've got to talk right. about it, like, yeah. like 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 you're looking at tomatoes. Like, right. you're great. No, what's it? I feel what like that's feminist. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I do as well. It's redressing totally. Men's magazine. Yeah, this guy hasn't on. even stood up when I walked in the room. Right. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. that'd be really. Yeah. Imagine if that's the feminist show. The big breakthrough. Like, the way, like for everything that's gone before. Oh, my God. The marches, reclaim the night, yeah. burning bras, feminism, the second wave of feminism, the whole thing. Yeah. And, no, one show where we look at guys' cocks yeah. and guys are like, you know what? Let's just, yeah. let's just agree. Take this off and we're even. Yeah. Stop judging Take our this cocks off on the telly. <laughs> Well done, women. Yeah. <laughs> you have found our very weak spot. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. that's a good plan. Good plan. Do um, this is. I mean, this is again. I was about to ask you a general question, which okay. is not really what I wanted to ask you because one of the things that I don't like is when people speak for everyone. Yes. like that's one of the things we've got to get rid of. Is this yes. idea that all men are like this, or all women are like this, yes. or all black people are like this, or whatever? Yeah, right. Um, but. Uh, how, how many conversations in your life yeah. would you have had with your female friends about a man's penis? Like, I mean, you know, have you ever like had a conversation describing your partner's genitals to no. your personal friends? Is that like, I mean, because, you know, you're sex in the city model. Like, yeah. and that's what I imagine your life is yeah, mostly yeah, like. Yeah, definitely. Totally. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, like that is, you know, that was the kind of implication that girls are sitting around talking about, you know. I think we share more in a different. It's not not like I, mean, like I say, I can't speak for all girls, but I think mm-hmm. in my, I think women, um, you know, we speak an extra ten thousand words a day. That sort of uh, is that men. right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think there's just a natural, <laughs> like apparently, and I think that's why I find it's interesting. Wow. Why do you do stand up? And you go because it's a talking job. Of right. course, women. Are, like, why would you think women would be bad at a talking job? How that's many? Insane. How, you know how many words I have to get out a day? <laughs> yeah. Not only am I getting paid less than men, yeah. but I have to speak 10,000 more words yeah, a day exactly. I had to find a job where I could get them out like, I mean, you know so I think sometimes women um, I think it's just in the nature of I think not that this is very gross generalisation right, and in my experience yeah, yeah. Um, we try and uh, communicate about everything and so we're constantly trying to communicate whereas men I think sometimes don't need the outside communication of, of you know they don't need or maybe they don't like, you know, the, the the typical sort of is like, yeah, answers like, no, and how's it going? Fine. Da, da, da. Whereas women need to sort of really communicate and have that. So I don't think when it comes to penis, I don't think it's ever that gross. Of like we're like, oh, chatting like that. But you would talk about 
more of the feeling of the night if you mm. had a if there was any ambiguity or anything like that women have the words to really get into it and I think guys do as well when they're older but maybe when they're a bit younger they're a bit like oh, I don't know what that you know they don't want to get into that like oh did you do you know um, so I think there is a sort of yeah I think women try and communicate more with each other if there's problems then they'll be more communicative but I don't think it's like I've, I've never had a conversation where someone's been like especially in a derogatory way no one's right. ever spoke badly about someone's penis <laughs> like no one's been like oh gross penis like it's like <laughs> No, no. You will need one of those sort yeah. of judges on your show, though. Because yeah. you need your sort of Simon oh, Cowell. Yeah, yeah, you're bitchy. such a dictator. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one said anything to, uh, you know, nothing like that, no. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, sure there, yeah, I'm sure there are. Well, people. I mean, I'm sure there are too. I just, and I don't even know why that question came into my yeah. head, but we were talking about <laughs> yeah. discussing cocks on national yeah. television. So I guess I was just wondering how much experience women would have of doing that to bring to the table we for our show. We speak very frankly. We were close friends. We speak very frankly. So we do discuss stuff. Mm. I, I think it's, I think my friends, I wouldn't be friends with someone who was, I, I think I'd feel a bit weird if someone was just shitty about someone's body. Like right. just as a rule, I think I've got that sort of, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, let's not be crazy. This is a person. Right. Right. Um, but I think it's yeah but you do discuss we do, we're very open with each other <laughs> yeah I know but that's something that like in the past like definitely and, yeah and certainly as someone who like is a professional communicator yeah like I have in my private life or in my like you know life life yeah you know been as guilty of like or at least being you know with people who are like you know I don't think we're communicating well which is always like oh no that's not, that's, that's my only skill <laughs> Like, if you told me I can't clean the toilet yeah. or fix the plumbing or whatever, I can't. You're right. But yeah, I think it's. Um... I communicate really well. All those people come and sit and listen to me talk <laughs> and then they laugh and give me money. That's communication, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I agree. Like, it's one of those things where. I, I just think there's a natural maybe the grocerialization again I mean I've got male friends who are brilliant at mm-hmm. talking about their feelings and talking about exactly and they can pinpoint exactly where they need you to go when you're chatting about something where sometimes you talk to people and go what bit are we talking about I don't understand they haven't even got that far you right. know in their heads with it um but a lot of comics I think we don't do small talk so as a rule comedians are better I find they don't do small talk we don't really do small talk very well and that's perfect for me because I'm not great at small talk I find it and not like it's beneath me I just think it always gets onto something really quickly I'm like yeah it's like death isn't it and and a lot of my comic friends it always around the table it's never really like oh that's a nice place to eat it's that for a bit and then it's you're always in sort of like big conversation you know Um, yeah I absolutely agree with you on that that's that to me is like and that's I mean that's also why it's a like a fun job it's yeah. just like you get to hang around with people who don't ask like don't talk about boring things totally it's, it's incredible you get spoiled though you get completely spoiled and ruined right. as a person <laughs> because when you meet people and you go oh god this conversation is just an you know like and they're everyone's fine with this and look, listen loads of my best friends and you know are fun as fun as any comic they just never but um but then you meet I don't know around the table people there's a level where sometimes you can seem abrasive because you're like you're sort of chatting they're like but you, that's your job to sort of be like well, I'm not going to be on guard here so if you ask me how's it going I want to tell you how it's going honestly and I'm merciful you know and we, they're like oh just say fine <laughs> yeah oh, yeah this is for your other friends yeah. we don't yeah. we don't need this yeah 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 one of the greatest uh, moments I ever had in my life and one of the greatest conversations I ever had in yeah. my life was uh, we got stuck in the snow on the way back from Vegas right so it was snow? a middle yeah well, oh so it was God. it was uh, we went it was the last boys trip it was our version of like the hangover it was yeah. four Australian comedians myself Justin Hamilton Lemo and Tom Gleeson and we decided to like have this thing <clears throat> and I was driving back here to LA I was the only one who could drive so I was driving you know the next day 
It took us 14 hours, five miles in five hours at one stage through the snow. Because in the middle of the desert, God, in the winter, yeah. it gets deathly cold and it snows, right? So oh my God. it was terrible. Because we'd had a reasonable couple yeah. of days as well. So. <laughs> a reasonable couple of days <laughs> is a great sentence. We'd had a reasonable couple of days. We had a reasonable Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I was sitting in the car and like, you know, it's driving me kind of crazy because I'm the only one who can drive and I've been so long. And the only thing that stopped me from going crazy was we got to the point where we'd run out of like things to talk about. Yeah. And somebody, I can't remember who it was, brought up the topic and they said, now seriously, and you have to put your case seriously and explore this. If you had to kill one of our friends, who is it and why? Like, you had, like, we spent the next two hours, That's like, amazing. debating and discussing, like, with love, you know, <laughs> but literally, like, do, like, who we'd murder, why'd we do it, like, and I tried to explain that to a friend of mine who wasn't in comedy, and they just stared at me like... But it's a great, it's, your, it put, it's a genuine put your brain outside of its comfort zone, right. put who you are outside of its, you know, that whole thing like, oh, I don't steal, but you've, you've never been poor, then you wouldn't steal. Right. But that's what comedy sometimes, it makes you go like, oh, but if I was this person, how would I feel about that? And then I think that's a great, yeah, I love those conversations where you're like, oh, wow, this is a great conversation. Like, oh, who would, you know, that's a really good one. That's yeah. a really good one. No, I do enjoy that though. Yeah, it's fun yeah. to have a, but anyway, speaking of conversations, oh, oh. Yeah, okay, we should finish up in a okay. bit because you've got a meeting and stuff. I've got a meeting, one of my got vague meeting, meetings. Mate. Well, no, you've got a list of things to <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, picture my... them, don't <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, this is a big meeting. And the only reason I wanted to get you there on time is I feel like this is like a big break. So, <laughs> but I might not release this podcast at least until though we've signed a few. Exactly. Like, I mean, I don't want anybody no, to... No, nicking it. Right. Nicking old, uh, what was the cock one called? What was it? <laughs> I can't remember, but there'll be heaps. Yeah. We'll have... A cockumentary. Oh, a cockumentary. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I know we can we can do a lot yeah. of those things. It'll be fun. Uh, tell me, tell me what else is going on in your world for the rest of the year? What what, what happens after now? Um, I go home and then I am filming Man Down the series two at some point in November. And I, I mean, I was speaking to my agent today about this. I think it's in November. I think it's in the in the autumn to the. Um, can people who are not in the where can people find that where can uh, it's, it's on 4OD the first series is on 4OD and the second series I think it's still on 4OD which is which is only in England um, can people like get it on iTunes or anything or is it available on the internet it's on the D- I think you can get DVDs oh, of that yeah. yeah sure um, that's a technology to be yeah. around for another couple of years my blaps you can watch on YouTube which is a kind of funny word I made these blaps last year mm-hmm. um, Channel 4's word blap it's like five minute uh, these five minute episodes uh Black means... Uh, what does black mean? Black means the noise, kinda... <laughs> the noise a penis makes slapping your face. That's right. Channel 4. What? Yeah. Hang on, what? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> no, hang on. Just run me... So okay, they... well, maybe it is, but but hang on. Were yours specifically blaps no, or are they blaps for everyone? They're blaps for everyone. They, they commission blaps. Like you get to do like online content, you know. So we right. did. So Claudia Doherty done some. I done some. Oh, are they, they, those welcome to England or yeah, whatever it's called? Yeah, that's her one. That's her one. Yeah, and then I yeah. did one called Onwards and Onwards, which got made into a pilot. The pilot's only on 4OD. Mm-hmm. But it's, so if you're in England, you can watch 4OD, um, which I'm really proud of. It's called Game Face. But the blaps, which they were based on, is still on YouTube. And there's like one, two, and three, which is Onwards and Onwards, Lone Wolf, something else, and something else. So it's okay. like, yeah. So you can watch those if you fancy 
see. I mean, I, I, I fancy watching them, but I don't fancy watching something called Blap I, now I, that I, I know t- what Blap is. I had to tell my mum. I was like, Blap. She's like, what's Blap? So she went to Google. So I don't Google Don't Blaps. Google it. Let me give you a version. <laughs> Let me try and convince you that my career is better than that. Right, that I'm doing an online <laughs> you know, porn thing or something? Thing, yeah, on the internet. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. That's right. I'm making these short films for the internet <laughs> exactly. called Blaps. No, it's just totally illegitimate. Um, so yeah, I did that. And then I'm just gigging and stuff in London. Um, you know, nothing. Where can people, people, like, if there are people who are listening to this podcast yep. for the first time okay. and they're like, I want to come and, like, you know, I want to, like, uh, find out more about you. Are you, like, like Twitter, Facebook? I'm on Twitter. My what's your... Uh, my name is, my spelling is Roisin Connerty and Twitter and Facebook. I'm on, and I've got a, a webpage, which I sort of hate, um, but you can have a look at it. Okay. <laughs> Everybody just, hates their webpage. Yeah, it's just so gross. But yeah, I'm, I've got a webpage and I will update that. Uh, but Twitter is probably for better for me if I get, I'm going to be doing lots of new material gigs. So I'm meant to be going on a sort of little tour in the, in next year. Um, but I'm doing loads of, I'll be doing loads of club gigs. I'm just sort of doing loads of new and stuff. So I'm quite excited about, because I didn't do Edinburgh this year, so... And last year I was filming around down, but this year I didn't do anything in August and I felt a bit like I'd been kept a year back at school because mm-hmm. we were meant to be filming. And so I'm a bit like stand-up ready at the moment and I'm writing some stuff. So. Oh, what about Australia? Is there any plans to come back to Australia? <sighs> I'd love to come back stage? to Australia. I'd love to come. I had so much fun in Australia. I don't know. Obviously because this man down to, goes into March next year. Um, so maybe not next year, the year after. But I might come and do a few, just a few gigs, but I'm not doing the festivals, I don't think, which I really love. Melbourne Festival is incredible and I did Roadshow. Um, oh, did you do Roadshow? Yeah, yeah. Where did you go on the comedy we, festival I'm Roadshow? I'm so bad. I'm so Bendigo. Uh-huh. Um, Calundra. <laughs> Uh, Caloundra Caloundra yeah, That's good uh, That's good Okay what's the one uh, It's a city Brisbane Which is great uh-huh. um, Oh my god I'm so bad with them Where'd you play in Brisbane At the Powerhouse Yes okay, Which yeah. is incredible yes, It's lovely nice. yeah. Caloundra had the best pizza oh, really? I've ever had In the entire world Right Yeah Take that Italy Yeah I mean, literally. And I, America I, The two I, places <laughs> famous for pizza it was You were in New York last yeah, week Yeah and I stand by it right. I stand by it <laughs> Wholeheartedly stand by it I'm telling you, it was easily the best. Pe- I genuinely had like a game-changing moment. Do you know what the name of the it was, place was? Wherever it is, we did quite a big theatre there because uh-huh. um, there was two shows a day and it was like, around the corner from the theatre. Right. But it was inc- like, I ate it and I was like, no, you're just really hungry. That's what this is. Yeah. And then a couple of days I went, you're just going to test that pizza again. Right. <laughs> That's what I tell myself most of I'm just doing another yeah, test. I'm going to test. <laughs> this is science. <laughs> Was, I mean, you've got to have... Yeah, you've got to taste a pizza like... Twice. Every, yeah, I'm like, yeah. At least twice. You can't like... I mean, you've got to at least peer review something, right? You've exactly. got to get someone else to taste the pizza and as I well. And I did. Brought it right. all in and everyone was like, this is incredible. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was one of my best pizza. I've always got a real... I've got a lot of love wow. in my heart for Calundra. I love it. Also, I love the fact... <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you do in Australia. Oh my God! There's this really nice pizza shop. Like <laughs> never underestimate the power of pizza when you're a long way right. from home. And you're, I loved it. It was great. I did it. I, I really enjoyed it. So very like America. The, the sort of the, the wide open spaces and stuff. You can see that sort of there is a more there is a positivity there that isn't. I think England we will hit water at mm. some point if we dri- if we don't if we drive straight right. from the south to the you know you can drive for ten hours at like 11, 12 hours you'll hit water. If you so much as move the, like to the left or the right you'll hit water in five. Right. You know kind of right. and that thinking is you know kind of physical environment affects whereas Australia you go yeah I can see there's a lot <laughs> like it's, it's similar to American that it's like there's just open road and that's really I don't know when you were driving across it I felt really like wow everything's possible and this you know it just yeah it was a really i really loved it so uh, i saw a lot of dead kangaroos which no one warned you about they're like stupid <laughs> like there's roads that no cars are down and they've been hit by cars and i'm like there's not a car near here like how many um so i saw like 10 dead kangaroos before i saw a live one 
that's like, I mean, that's probably something we should tell people. Yeah. Because people come over thinking like, oh, kangaroos. And you're like, going to see way more dead ones before you see a live one. It's like, if you're going to meet a person, you, went, you need to go through the morgue first and then you'll meet Jim. That's right. what it's like. <laughs> Like, I was like, by the time I met Jim, I was like, oh God, just thank God he's alive. You know, like, like, but I also was really worried for him. I was like, out of the road. <laughs> so upset on the way here today. In my Uber, I ran over five bald eagles. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah but they're, yeah. Out, out. I mean, well, that's the thing. People either come to the cities and expect they'll see kangaroos, which of course you won't no. because they're wild animals. Yeah. Or they go out in the country and they're like, hang on, why are they all being hit by cars and being shot by farmers? Yeah. This seems like some crazy world that you live insane. in. insane. I loved it. Though. I really, I think the people are really nice. And I thought Melbourne was an amazing city. It yeah, really is brilliant. a really kind that of... That festival's amazing. It's incredible. And the comedy, you don't see... You know, not, I didn't see anything bad, which sort of freaked me out a bit as well. Because Edinburgh, because it's curated a little bit more... Right. Um, Edinburgh does have that risk and so there's different but in, in sort of some, as a comedy lover sometimes oh it's quite nice you're not going to say anything like what the, what's happened you know um, yeah, yeah and it's all I mean the thing about Melbourne I think is because I went to Edinburgh this year just yeah. for a few like you know 10 days and it was great brilliant loved yeah. it like you know just did some gigs had yeah. some fun saw some shows it was great but you are like you just like there's just so much stuff yeah. I don't know how anyone chooses exactly. what to go and see exactly. I get why people go and see the big stars off the telly because like with yeah you just go well at least I've heard of that yeah, person totally. how do you find and look the good little shows do actually like eventually people the free hit. fringe this year was massive you know and oh, that helped massive. you know kind of and I think you know there is still but it's just that thing like exactly what you say it's sprawling and massive and huge and if you we're comics and we find it hard to right. you know but imagine you're just the layman who goes up and like, I just want I think that would be a bit overwhelming and if I I sort of forget that how because I like the risk of Edinburgh comparatively to other festivals you go you never know what you're going to see on any given day but I forget that most of the time I'm there for the month and I can right. take those risks whereas if I'm there for three days and some people go like oh I just right. saw three really bad things bad things in a row <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that's so upsetting what about the first year you went like so f- t- talk us through the year was it the period then or was it like the Fosters Fosters it was Fosters, when it was Fosters yeah. already yeah so what was that like because I mean You'd been doing stand up like five. Yeah. I, 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 I here's my little loan. Yeah. Path, but in 1999, yeah. I was nominated for the Perrier Newcomer. Ah. Didn't, didn't win. Nomination uh, that counts. Yeah, nomination truth. that counts. It is. Uh, That's what you get. You get on the back. You get on the cards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the cards, mate. Yeah. When they gave the cards, I've got your face on the oh, cards. Really? Yeah, is yeah. that right? Yeah, all the nominees are oh. on the cards. Oh. So every year. The oh, I didn't cards. actually know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's what you do it for, mate. Right. You're on the cards with every other person. You're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in the cards. I'm in the deck of cards. <laughs> but um, talk me through like what that experience was like because it was your first show going there. Yeah. Like, uh, were people coming? at the start like did people know you or anything or were like it was, I think was comics hard... knew me I think I, I had a, a sort of you know I've, I was I, I was having a couple of good years sort of gigging wise yeah. kind of you know like you know on form you know sort of um uh, which is what people sometimes don't talk enough about in comedy is form and not on form mm-hmm. and not good or bad you just go form and not form and right. very <laughs> it, they just happen sometimes oh it's like um, I mean sports like it's like you look at there can be a guy who's like brilliant like you know and he's training the same and blah 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 and just you know, on the day, it just doesn't quite work. Totally. It's Sometimes like, it's you- so weird. Um, so I was doing like a 50-seater uh-huh. and uh, it was, it was, I was quite proud of the show. I'd worked quite hard, but I didn't, I didn't ask for, I didn't want to know anything about press or anything about numbers. So I had a very uh-huh. insular Edinburgh. I've got a thing in Edinburgh. I don't talk about reviews in Edinburgh. It's a rule and I, I stick, I make people stick to it as well. I find it makes everyone angsty and like, you know, so I just don't talk about, really, talk about anyone else's reviews and I'm really, I'll cut them off. I'll be uh-huh. like, I can't, because 
it's so self-absorbed up there. If you're telling me what someone said nasty about you, my brain's going, they said that that could, that could be you as well. Uh -huh. that, that could apply to you. You are all this. You are, you know. Uh -huh. So I, I, I don't, I just don't engage it. And it just makes my head more easy. I said, I saw it, dude. I'm really sorry, but I can't talk about reviews because I'm not reading them. Um, uh, so I'm just, don't, I don't accept. I, and everyone has a better day. You know what I mean? Like you just have a better also, time. So you can read into whatever you want. I'll read it in September when I get home. I'll sit there. I'm right. in the safety of my home where it's not going to make me hate the audience the next night because I somehow have uh -huh. transferred them being, uh, you know. So I had a good festival. It was fine. But nothing, you know, um, a quite, oh, can I say this? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a quite famous PR lady uh, mm -hmm. asked me to do Edinburgh with her. I don't know if I can do this actually. I will cut this bit out. I'll right. tell you after. Okay. Um, anyway, so Edinburgh was it was great, and I didn't. And, and so I did. But I didn't. I genuinely didn't know anything about reviews or anything like that. And then, um, so I didn't know that they were ever in for nomination. The the judges were oh, in. Right, you didn't know if people were coming. So yeah. I was in bed at like four o'clock in the afternoon. When, and so no one had been in contact with me mm. and then so my agent comes at my house <laughs> because my phone was off because I'd like made a point I, was like, I don't want to know anything about the dates yeah. or anything I really oh yeah so you didn't even know like it was no, necessarily no, the day like, that it was going to no yeah. and not like and I'm not I don't want to make it like I'm this innocent like I don't care about anything like that but I was I think I was so nervous because I've been going quite a while and I felt like I just need to get through this month I just felt like get through this yeah. month and then have a have an overview of what you want to do with your life you know yeah. but don't um, I'm very sensitive to it like we all are but I think I'm, I, I get very I still get stage fright really bad oh, and, really? yeah I can still get really okay. people are quite shocked they're like but Carl Donnelly once said you nearly asked Nika Burns what she did for a living <laughs> she was like, I was just like oh and then something happened uh, <laughs> I didn't know who anyone was and then at yeah, four o'clock and my agent was outside my door and he was like, you know, buzzing. I was like, what's the problem? And he was like, why is your phone dead? You've been nominated. Um, so that was, the nomination is the nicest bit. You know, winning is great but that nomination is a real, like it was a, I, I, you know, you know, it's a kind of, oh my God, you know, right. someone said it's good. Out of like, yeah. out of all this mess. Yeah. Not only someone said it was yeah. good but a series of people came and yeah. saw it and managed to agree that it totally. was good. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, a, you sort of go, yeah. So it was a really nice, I really enjoyed it. And then when I won, I genuinely didn't think I was going to win. And so I sort of went out the night before and got fucking hammered. Like so drunk. Then I went to Kitson show in the morning. Uh -huh. uh, and then I show up at the thing. And then I was like, I get there. And there's someone said something to me that made me think like, what? I'm holding this like, massive bottle of Lucasade. Because right. the night before I was like, this is my last night of winner. I'm the nominee. But tomorrow I'm out. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. And then I won. And I was just like, my head, I just looked like a thumb. I'm so boo swollen. Like, my head and neck are just like, because I was out to like five. I'd been to Kitson show. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was great. It was nice, you know. It was a, it was a, it was a very. They're arbitrary. You either believe they're arbitrary or they're oh, not. And no, no show can be deserving of it. I hate that word. And you go, well, there's so many shows on any given night, and sometimes it comes together and it's your day, and sometimes it's not. I think if you stop believing that like, I deserved it, oh that's ruling out 590 shows in Edinburgh that they, you know, might not have seen on an, on their best night. I so. saw in Edinburgh this year, yeah. just to make that very yeah. point. I've seen Justin Hamilton's show. He, yeah. he was over in Edinburgh doing a show. Yeah. And you won't even believe this when I tell you this, but I've seen that show. And I saw like a bunch of really good shows. All the shows yeah. I went and saw in Edinburgh were shows that were getting like four totally. or five star. I, had had an like really... I went to see amazing right. shows this year in Edinburgh, yeah. His show was easily as good as like the top 10 or 20% yeah. of those shows. Like yeah. easily. Yeah. Like by any, like anyone who saw it. Yeah. He did not get a review during the festival. I mean, that's insane. Not even yeah. got a review. Like, for a show that if people had seen it, would have, like, ranked it yeah. in their top, like, shows. Like, yeah. I mean, so... You you have to have right. that. Otherwise, it buy, you buy into <laughs> some sort of... 
you just have to. I mean, the mm. year, you know, the year I, nom- I got nominated, there was other shows like Nick Helm didn't get nominated for Newcomer. Mm. He did his first show, you know, kind of. And like, so I just think there's a million of those at any given time. So if you get it, enjoy the afternoon. I'm really good friends with Sarah Pascoe and James mm-hmm. and everyone who's nominated, Liam Williams. But Sarah texted her, I was like, just enjoy your afternoon. No matter, it's silly. I was like, it's a great day for all the days in Edinburgh when you sold nine and you're sitting there and you feel like the world, you know, and everyone has those days. Right. You feel like, what am I doing? <laughs> Like, what the fuck am I doing here? Enjoy it. For those that you have half hours in this business, every half hour, whether it be Edinburgh or a nice thing, and enjoy them because right. they're just half hours and you just go, it's fine. They're silly and arbitrary, but they enjoy them. They're a thing that for the time when it was really bad, have a nice have a nice afternoon you know that's a, that's yeah. a nice note for us to finish yeah. on this was like this that was american of us we finished this with a moral yeah. we, like we've, we've wrapped it up we've had a hugging moment at the end i like it thank you so much for doing the thanks podcast thanks so much for having me my love <laughs>